Welcome to Fracking and Health, Ask an Expert. The Endocrine Disruption Exchange has been studying the health impacts from unconventional oil and gas development, also known as fracking, since 2004. In each episode, our Executive Director, Carol Kwiatkowski, asks an expert to answer a question on how fracking may affect your health. You can submit a question at TEDx.org. Welcome to episode 15, where we ask, how does fracking contribute to ozone pollution? I'm talking today with Leslie Fleischman, a senior analyst with Clean Air Task Force and lead author on the report, Gasping for Breath, an analysis of the health effects from ozone pollution from the oil and gas industry. Welcome, Ms. Fleischman. Thanks for having me. So let's start with how does fracking contribute to ozone levels? So to understand this issue, I think it's really important to think about the entire natural gas value chain, from exploration and production at well pads to compressor stations and pipelines, processing plants, and finally the distribution pipelines that bring natural gas to their final destination. Um, uh, emissions of air pollution can come at any point along this value chain. Fracking is an important source at well pads, um, and one that causes a lot of air pollution. But when we think about air pollution from the oil and gas industry, we think about air pollution that comes <clears throat> from leaks and vents throughout the entire natural gas system. So when natural gas leaks or vents from any of these sources, about between 70 and 95% of that gas is methane that goes directly into the atmosphere. And this is an issue um, because methane is a potent greenhouse gas. It's 80 times more potent than carbon dioxide. But alongside that methane, there are also other gases, including volatile organic compounds. And those are the um, emissions that are precursors to ozone smog. Volatile organic compounds uh, mix in the atmosphere with nitrogen oxides in the presence of sunlight to form ozone. And this usually happens in the summertime when there's more sun, but not, it's not limited to summer. So what Clean Air Task Force did was we modeled um, air pollution from the oil and gas industry to isolate the impact on ozone smog throughout the country that can be directly attributed to these emissions from the oil and gas industry. And we found that pollution increases ozone in nearly every state. And this increased ozone occurs both right nearby oil and gas facilities, but also in many places far downwind from oil and gas development, including places like Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Chicago. What are the health impacts associated with ozone exposure? So our modeling also took these increased ozone concentrations that I mentioned and used them to calculate the additional health impacts that can be associated with um, the ozone increases. We found that nationally, there are 750,000 additional asthma attacks and 500,000 lost school days for children associated with increased ozone from the oil and gas industry. In addition, there are 2,000 asthma-related emergency room visits and another 600 respiratory-related hospital admissions that are directly attributable to oil and gas air pollution. And we know that these numbers are still an underestimate of the true impact. For example, our modeling did not take into account emissions from increased truck traffic 
Um, and we know that that invariably accompanies oil and gas development. Another recent study that was published by EPA scientists last summer conducted similar modeling, but looked at a wider range of air pollutants, and they found even larger health impacts. So we know that our estimates are an underestimate, but even still, they are an important glimpse into the health impacts from this industry. What is the government doing to address these problems? So in 2016, the EPA took the first step in working to address this problem. They issued rules that would require new and modified sources in the oil and gas industry to reduce the amount of emissions of methane and volatile organic compounds from their operations. At the time, we were hoping that the next step would be the regulation of existing sources. So that's critical in the oil and gas industry because there are nearly 1.3 million existing facilities and most of those would not be covered by the 2016 new source rules. However, uh, the current EPA is working to weaken and roll back existing air quality standards. We are fighting as hard as we can to stop them from doing this, um, but right now uh, that is the, the path that they're moving down. At the same time as that bad news at the federal level, uh, many states are stepping up and regulating their own oil and gas industries. For example, in Colorado, um, the state issued strong rules in 2014, and they recently even strengthened their rules even more. And they are really at the forefront and show what, um, what can be done to reduce methane and volatile organic compounds. California also has strong rules in place that we, um, we applaud them for. And other states are currently working, um, or we're hoping will regulate um, new and existing sources of methane in the coming years. And those states include Pennsylvania and New Mexico. Can you tell me, are the states, um, the regulations they're creating, are they addressing historic uh, emissions or, or wells that have already been drilled? Or are they just looking at new emissions like the federal level was? So in Colorado and California, their rules cover both new and existing sources. So in those states, existing oil and gas wells have to clean up and reduce their emissions. And um, Pennsylvania currently has rules for new sources. And um, we're hoping that they will issue strong existing source regulations as well. And even though these may be primarily based on methane, the emissions rules will also reduce the other toxics that come out as well, correct? Yes. Um, actually, in most of the states, they are considered co-pollutants. So most of the rules focus on both methane and the volatile organic compounds that are released alongside of it. Okay, great. Um, what do you think uh, nonprofits can do to help the situation, either at the state level or the federal level, or by taking action in other ways? Yeah, so Clean Air Task Force is part of the Methane Partners Campaign, and this is a collection of environmental and public health groups working together for strong and smart regulation of air pollution from the oil and gas industry. If your organization is interested in learning more and being a part of the campaign, please do get in touch. Another, way, another thing you can do is to go to the oil and gas threat map. You can find this at oilandgasthreatmap.com. And this 
website allows you to plug in your address and to see how close you live to oil and gas facilities. It's a great resource. It allows people to visually see their, their exposure and their risk from um, these facilities. The oil and gas threat map also has easy ways for people to take action. That's great. And so it's likely that a lot of people don't even know they're living near an oil and gas well. Exactly. It's nearly 1.3 million wells, compressor stations, and gas processing plants. But you're right, the vast majority of those are oil and gas wells. And in many places, uh, people might not know that there's a well located near where they live or near where their children go to school or where they work. Um, so, and this is the first time that all of those wells have been um, put in one place that's easily searchable for people to, to find. Well, that sounds like a great resource and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this issue. Thank you for having me. TEDx is a nonprofit research institute funded by grants from private foundations and by donations from individuals like you who care about our health and the environment. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider making a tax-deductible gift to TEDx so we can continue bringing you the most up-to-date scientific information on the impacts of fracking on your health. Please visit our website at tedx.org for more information on what we do, to submit a question for an expert, or to make a donation. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening.